morning. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and your cells feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Well, I am so excited. We have a, such a special guest here today. This is Jody Susan with Susan Essentials, and you are here uh, visiting the self-cell care. And I want to tell you that today we're going to talk about biohacking your brain. And with none other than Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. I think that the universe... I think that the universe works in a very beautiful yet mysterious way. So I want to tell you that uh, Kristen, Dr. Kristen, grew up one mile away from me in Barrington Hills. Yeah, okay, so she's 10 years younger and she looks better too, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you know, but, um, but we never met. One mile away. So now we are, what, what for me, 40 years later out of high school, and I am part of the Barrington High School uh, Alumni Association, and I sit on the board of directors with some amazing people, one of which is Don Thompson, who was my teacher. And Don did this. He held up this book, and, and he goes, Joe, you like this book. You you would want to write a book like this. And I said, biohacking your brain? Bio yeah. I said, this is cool. Let me, who wrote it? He goes, well, one of my students. And I said, really? I go, what's her name? And meanwhile, I'm typing in Dr. Kristen Willemeyer in LinkedIn and sending her a message as he speaks because I'm thinking, I need to know this woman and I need to know her now. Let me introduce to you. Dr. Kristen Willemeyer, what, how grateful I am to, uh, to know you and have you in, as uh, part of my life and to call you my friend as well. Um, can you tell us how you got started? And, um, and I'm also gonna say we're recording, this is being pre-recorded, right? Uh, Dr. Willemeyer has a dog that may want to interject, and I have a tower garden that already did. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's real life here. So, um, I'm going to let you um, share what prompted you um, to go down the path that you did, why you wrote this book. I'm going to turn off my tower garden. I think my listeners are just used to the tower garden going on and off, but go ahead and get started. Well, I'm used to your tower garden going on and off because I have been watching your wonderful podcasts and oh. you really, yes, I, I just love 
the intention behind you putting out this information out into the world. And I want to start, before I let you go turn the tower garden off, I have to start by saying it is so lovely to have the opportunity to speak with you and your listening audience. I want to thank Don Thompson, our fellow Barrington High School alumni for bringing us together. This is so beautiful. I can't believe we lived a mile from one another growing up, yet here we are brought together with this beautiful sort of universal mission of helping people take great care of their bodies. Um, you have been doing it with the body. I've been doing it with the brain and body. And now here we're going to do it synergistically together with your audience. So if you want me to go tell a little bit about my background, will you turn the tower garden off? That's yes. perfectly fine. <laughs> so for those of you who are watching, my name's Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. Um, yes, I grew up in Barrington Hills and uh, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology from Boston College. I then left and came out to California to go to graduate school in 1998. I went to UCLA and got a master's degree in physiological sciences, and I started working in a laboratory of neuroendocrinology. It was actually my first introduction into a laboratory setting, um, and I just got engrossed in understanding how hormones impact brain function in animal models, so I actually worked in um, a species of fish. Then I stayed and did a second master's and PhD at the David Geffen School of Medicine over at UCLA in neurobiology and moved into studying degenerative diseases. I specifically worked on a gene that is mutated in the young onset form of Parkinson's disease, um, known as Parkin, and really studied um, mechanisms of vesicle recycling. So what I did in graduate school for about 10 years was really study things at the level of the single cell, at the level of the individual neuron, which again is where Jody and I have a lot of synergies because the kind of health message that she has really focuses on what's going on at the level of the single cell. Um, having spent 10 years doing this and growing neurons in culture dishes and really understanding what helps them to grow and sprout and make beautiful connections with their neighbors or what makes them explode in a cell dish and die and cause me a lot of angst because I then have to regrow my cell cultures for my experiments. I think that was sort of the universe teaching me to really understand and appreciate how important it is to take care of every single cell in our body and our brain. Um, I graduated from UCLA. Um, I also did graduate training over at Cedars-Sinai in the Department of Neurology. I did both graduate and postgraduate work there, still working in the field of Parkinson's. And then I left and decided that I wanted to go do something more out in the public sector. Um, before going to graduate school, I always thought that I would be an MD. I thought I was planning to go to medical school. I loved working with people and patients. I had done um, many different positions in medical, sort of in the medical community before going to graduate school. Actually worked um, in an office in Chicago uh, with craniofacial microsurgeon, plastic surgeon, ENT, and I used to be in the operating room um, watching surgical procedures. So I loved surgery. That's where I thought I was going to be going into. I, I just didn't know I'd be di dissecting brains in a laboratory setting instead of working with humans. Um, but I sort of had that calling to really go back and work with patients. 
So I was guided to work at the Amen Clinics. Now I know Jody knows the Amen Clinics well. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, Amen Clinics is this incredible outpatient psychiatric setting um, that utilizes neuroimaging as part of the diagnostic process for people who have complex psychiatric disorders. Um, brain imaging is a wonderful way to help in what we call differential diagnosis. It helps us to really diagnose um, disease and that allows us to target and treat these diseases, taking the guesswork out of the treatment. I can tell Jody's like super excited. Well, um, you, can agree. well you have to let me pipe in here because oh, please pipe in. diagnosis. There's only one other doctor I know who actually even used that term. And I want the audience to know what that means. And I'll, I'll explain it. If you feel it's different, tell me. Fair enough? Fair enough. And I know you, you know, and you should repeat your story here because you just have this extraordinary story of, um, you know, healing from multiple conditions that you have been diagnosed with and, you know, multiple medications. I want to say, um, so, so a differential diagnosis, most of the people who would come into the Amen clinics, I will say, had on average four or more psychiatric diagnoses. So you have um, anxiety, and you can have various forms. There's anxiety, there's OCD, there's bipolar disorder, there's generalized anxiety disorder, there's post-traumatic stress disorder. Then you have your depressions, right? And there's not one kind of depression, there's multiple kinds. You can have a seasonal affective disorder, right? Where, you know, you're impacted by the amount of light that you're getting and that impacts your mood, or you can have a depression from a manic depression, right? Which is a really deep depression where you don't get out of bed, you don't even leave your house for days, or you can have the depression, which is just a general malaise where you're able to get up and go out into the world, but you're still feeling helpless and hopeless and don't really um, feel that you have that ability or that life purpose or that the happiness that we are all sort of our God-given right to be happy, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then there's uh, autism and ADHD. So I can go on with the list of diagnoses, psychiatric diagnoses. So um, having the differential diagnosis, you might have multiple things going on. Um, and we diagnose, so there's many ways to diagnose disorders. There's the DSM four or five way of doing it where we do it based on symptoms. And there's a checklist that people um, check the boxes. Yes, I have it. No, I don't have it. Um, and at the Amen Clinics, the piece that we would do besides getting this very thorough clinical history, which is 26 pages. So trust me, anyone who walks through the door has to fill out this extensive paperwork and medical history. Um, they go and meet with a historian for another hour to two hours to really give a deep dive into their background. But then we would use clinical neuroimaging. We have what's called quantitative electroencephalography. So we could look at the electrical activity of your brain. And that tells us about the functional connectivity and dysregulation in the functional connectivity can lead to a variety of mood disorders. And that's something we can easily address using neurofeedback. We can get into that. Um, and we also do what's called SPECT imaging. SPECT stands for Single Photon Emission Computed Tomography. And what SPECT is is a nuclear imaging study that looks at blood flow and activity patterns in the brain. And so when I went to the Amen Clinics, I actually had two roles. I was there 
Director of Clinical Neuroimaging Research. So I ran all their clinical imaging studies. And I was their director of nutrition and nutraceuticals, which was really fun, by the way. That was the first role that I got. Um, and when I met Daniel, he was great. So we had a meeting of the mind. So Daniel Amon's the CEO and founder of the Amon Clinics. There are currently eight clinics located throughout the United States. On average, they see three to 4,000 patients a month, a month. And um, I helped him, my team and I helped him build what is now the world's largest brain spect imaging database. When I left, we had over 130,000 scans. I believe he's probably up to 160,000. Um, but my team, when we, start, when we started, let me just tell you, let me just tell you, when we started, there were 3,000 in that database. So I had this extraordinary team of amazing um, students, some of them who have now graduated from PhD programs, some are in medical school, some are in PT school. I'm so proud of them. They helped me um, and Daniel put this extraordinary database together, which we can then use to mine and publish all kinds of great research studies. So now getting back to your question, why did I write the book? Biohack your brain. Ah. Um, so I wrote this book because in 2009, when I started working for the wonderful Dr. Daniel Amen, um, it literally, I'd walked through the door and I don't think I had been there one day. And he said, I want to take you to Las Vegas with me. We're going to speak to a group of retired professional football players. Um, and at the time, he had been having players come into the clinic to get scanned. People were having cognitive or memory issues. So he knew that um, studying the brain was really important and really helping these athletes was really important. And he said, I'd like for you to come and join me um, because I'd like to recruit some players to do a study. And you probably know this. One of the players, Anthony Davis, yep. uh, Hall of Fame running back from USC, extraordinary man. He had already come into the Amen Clinics and gotten scanned and followed Dr. Amen's protocols before we ran what would have been um, our big NFL study, which I'll tell you about. Uh, but Anthony wanted Daniel to do just a pilot study in athletes and to see what we could do to help them. So um, initially we went to Las Vegas to recruit 30 players for a study. I, le I left Vegas with a list of over 100 players. I had literally had uh, the list of all these players who wanted to sign up and work with us. So our NFL study was essentially born in 2009. The goal being to do a full assessment, of just a full brain health assessment on these players and look at uh, what the long-term effects are of playing uh, professional football on brain function. And we do all of the diagnostic analyses that they currently do at the Amen Clinic. So there were cognitive assessments. Uh, we did a uh, computerized test. I gave them all tests of dementia. We do neuropsych assessments, um, both paper and pencil, as well as computerized. We did the EEGs. We did the SPEC scans. And then we took a look and, what and are said, EEGs for the layman people who don't know what the EEG is? Yeah. Good, good. So quantitative EEG, EEG stands for electroencephalography. 
and we essentially put a cap on your head that has 19 leads, so a really soft cap, and you put a little bit of gel at each one of the points of the lead, and it measures the electrical activity in the brain. What it does is it measures the electrical activity of the neurons firing sort of at the surface of the brain, but remember, the brain's got 86 billion neurons, um, and they are 86 million, 86. Um, and they are all intimately connected with one another. So whatever we see at the scalp, um, we can also see the deeper structures. Um, so what that does is measure the electrical it's activity. Like earth and mushrooms. Say that again? It's kind of like the earth and mushrooms, right? So the earth is... Um, oh, yes, at the, at the surface. Um, have a, an ecosystem, right, that connects... Yes everything together and so uh would it be fair to say that I, i've heard the term uh uh neurons that fire fire together wire together yeah that's called the hebs principle mm -hmm. so the neurons that communicate so the pathways that get reinforced um you know, say for example, you experience some form of anxiety or something makes you scared. Um, and then you're, we always say sometimes people could get triggered by events that reinforces that pathway. And when those pathways are reinforced over and over again, the brain just uses them. So that's why when we're working with people who have anxiety or PTSD or a general anxiety disorder, we use things like, um, meditation, mindfulness, and breath work to help people to stop the thought process, right? Stop being on that repetitive cycle um, and to kind of rewire the brain, so to speak. So to work networks that are more um, in the pot, sort of the positive thought networks. Well, That's why mental health training requires a very conscientious, thoughtful approach. Well, and your book really talks about the importance of meditation and the breath. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just yesterday I had gotten a spasm and I, I, I want to back up. So uh, because I want the listening audience to be able to connect to why this is so important. Right. Yes, of course, brain health is important. But if you knew that you could be having a spasm and right there, you're just using your body. Mm -hmm. reverse that spasm, no oils, no EMF. Now, you know, anybody who's listened to me knows I have a big, I love nutrition, oils, like all those things, proper everything, right? But your body's powerful. And so if you're having a spasm, and you're not congested. <laughs> yes, and you're not congested, exactly. exactly. For most of my life. So if you've got that issue, I can tell you how to get out. But... <laughs> But you, you breathe in deep through your nose, mm -hmm. through your nose, because you want the air to get to your brain. Right, Dr. Kristen? You want the air to get to your brain. So taking those deep, full oxygen, uh, oxygenated breaths. So many of us are chest breathers. And when we breathe, we expand our rib cage, right? The intercostal mu muscles allowed to expand the rib cage. Um, but to really get a deep breath in, you want to expand the diaphragm, which is sort of going down. Um, when you do the deeper belly breaths where you expand the diaphragm, that helps to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest.
but also restorative system. That's how we um, help calm our brains down. That's why when you take the, it's sort of a shorter breath in and a longer breath out. So it's like the inhale, say it's count of four, then you want your exhale to be a count of six. If your inhale is a count of six, you want your exhale to be a count of eight. You always want the out breath to be longer than the in breath. Why is that? That's what will help to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's why you want to do that. And out. So you breathe in and then you breathe out. I do the breathe in through the nose and then out through the mouth. And I teach people to breathe out through the mouth like they are blowing through a straw. And you do it as slowly as possible. And you try... Um, abdominal breathing is what they also call belly breathing. So the breath can go out. It's not intuitively easy to do. That's why people have to practice it. But when you start practicing it and learning how to do it, especially when you're in a stressful situation, when you're in a, a situation where you're having some sort of anxiety or even panic attack, because, you know, anxiety is, is anxiety is nervousness about a future event. Um, so we can have some control over it. It's like, oh, I'm giving a talk tomorrow and I get really anxious. So there's a bunch of things I can do to prepare for it, to calm my mind down, right? There's supplements we can take. We've got essential oils. We can go exercise, but a panic attack is something that happens out of the blue. It doesn't necessarily have a preceding event. And that's because it could be due to something that's in our unconscious mind that's triggering us. And then you get, you know, you start panicking. So the breath, is one of the fastest ways, most effective ways to get out of a panic attack if Which you are in it. Realize now, um, there's, you know, I don't know if we share if I share this with you before, and it doesn't really matter because now we're on the air. So <laughs> I used to have panic attacks multiple times a day. Oh wow! Did you have them when you were going through all of this on all of your medications? Of course you did. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I used to have to pull over on the side of the road because I'd be driving. I'd even think about my boss is what it was. I would think about my boss and have a panic attack. And so, um, there's two things. First of all, I didn't have any of these tools at that time. So Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I don't remember how I got, I was using Ativan. And so short, short term, that's a short acting very quick. Uh, but once you it wears off, you still got to deal with the issue. Yeah. So here's another, here's a substitute PubMed study, right? So there's a PubMed study that shows um, uh, for those uh, PubMed studies are doctor peer reviewed studies. Uh, yes. You can take lavender essential oil in a bed mm-hmm. cap. I think it's like three drops. If you want to know for sure, check it out. <laughs> but three drops in a veggie cap. And it'll do the same thing as Ativan without the side effects. Now, yeah, and if you're like me and it was really bad, you'll add a couple drops of frankincense. Because <laughs> that'll put you in a meditative state. There you go. Yeah, we, you know, I know you've talked about this on your show, the use of essential oils to help calm the brain down. And, you know, we've got 400 odorant receptors that are in our nose, right? It goes directly to the brain. Odorant? Wait, can you repeat that? 400. 400 odorant receptors that are in our nose. It gets, it gets better. That can discern um, one trillion scents. So, and that is sensory. So people, um, people, 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like 100 odorant, odorant receptors in our, in our nasal you. passage, right? And then your nose has the ability to discern between a, about a trillion different scents. A trillion different scents. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do right now for everybody else who's listening, I think Dr. Kristen knows, is I'm, I'm downloading that into my brain, into a file folder so I never forget. <laughs> well, it's, it speaks to the power of scent as something that can impact our brain function and our mood in a very positive way. And I don't think or people, negative. or negative, I don't think people utilize this. I kind of think of the sensory experience as an unutilized, untapped resource for a lot of people in terms of calming. Now, most people have heard the sleep hygiene hack about lavender. You can put it on the body or you put it in a diffuser. But I also, and I know you know this because you and I have chatted about it, one of my favorite scents is bergamot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what scent are you smelling right now? What is that, frankincense? Rosemary, fermental acuity. So mm -hmm. they they plant rosemary plants all around, um, mm -hmm. you know, chiropractic colleges. No surprise. Yes. Frankincense for keeping centered. And then I think I put, oh, sage. Just mm -hmm. because I love it. Yeah, I was looking for basil. Um, because basil is really good for people who have anxiety and not that I have that anymore, but it's because I do eat a lot of basil and diffuse it. So there you go. Yeah. It's, it's good. I think people should explore some of the sensory options that are available in terms of um, balancing their mood. So frankincense could be great for depression, for people with brain injuries. Um, I like the bergamot. That's one of my favorites. It's sort of this orange scent that's very uplifting. And when I was in the psychiatric setting, I used to use the diffuser when I would work with people and I'd have, you know, every hour somebody new would be coming into my office space and I just wanted it to feel relaxing and calm to each person. So I started using um, essential oils, just very, you know, it's come behind a plant. You wouldn't even know that it's going in the room, but it really helps with people's mood. It's huge. So, Is it only... Mm -hmm. When you inhale it, so you can use a diffuser, you can um, apply it topically to your palm of your hand. Um, actually, I think I, of course I brought one. Um, when, when do I not? Um, so like you can use, this is, a, well, this is a, the rollerball version and harder mm -hmm. one. But this is like forgive. And I think everyone should have the emotional oils right now because there's a lot of emotion going on in the world. But just put like a drop in the palm of your hand, rub your palms together, and you breathe in and it's amazing. It takes the edge off, the anger goes away. I wanna tell you something, what's more amazing, it happens in 20 seconds where it gets into your brain and 30 seconds to your bloodstream. And so that's actually, I think, you probably know better than I, Dr. Kristen, but I think that's faster than any drug. It's quite fast. Yeah, it works instantaneously and I think you know, one of my other favorites is peppermint oil. So for people who want to be, you know, before you're going into a meeting, before you're taking a test, um, just sniff the peppermint oil. You're going to put a little bit of it on your hand and I'll say put it on the back of your neck sort of by where your brainstem is. Yeah. And it just, it works. It's easy. It's simple to do. Um, you can go to PubMed. There's evidence-based research that shows that these sort of 
botanicals are having a positive impact on people's mood. So when you think of like a very simple and easy biohack that's inexpensive, it's almost like, why not? You know, we know how powerful scent can be. I mean, don't we all love when you make freshly baked Nestle Toll House cookies? Who doesn't love to run in the house and have one? Well, it can be the same when you use these botanical oils. So I love that you use them. I, like I said, I learned about using them when I was in that psychiatric space because I was always thinking about ways to help make the space around me feel very comfortable and relaxing. So, and I'm a hard and fast skeptic. I mean, people who know me, you know, I'm a scientist. I like data. I just don't believe things willy nilly. I have to see the published research and, you know, lavender has been around for oh my God, decades, right? Or hundreds of centuries, right? Right. You've got Ayurvedic medicine and you've got all of these plant-based botanicals that have been around and have been used um, for their anti-inflammatory properties and antimicrobial properties. And so now we're also really embracing them to help support people's mood. Well, so it's interesting because I love that you mentioned that just even the peppermint. So there are so many um, lens that have been created to help one is like in tune. Um, but I, one of the things about my story and I won't go into too much is that I was sensitive to 135 different items of foods and chemicals. The food sensitivity test, which I think is really extraordinary. If people have not watched, she did an amazing, Jody did an amazing podcast with a nurse who's with Cell Science, and they do very detailed food sensitivity testing. Um, you know, at the level of the leukocytes, I believe she was saying that it actually tests sensitivities to uh, white blood cell reactivity. And when it comes to honing in on a dietary plan that is appropriate for you. Now I've taught about diet and what foods people should eat, but I'm, I'm a scientist and I love gathering data. And I think for people who really want to understand what their sensitivities are, whether they are chemical, um, food-based or from nutritional supplements, because I know they have lists of things to test whether you are sensitive or not to supplements. I really encourage people to take that deeper dive. Um, because doing it now and changing just a few things in your diet and lifestyle um, can reap de- dividends over the course of decades. Um, and it's that yeah, important. You, you and I, can I, regrow telomeres or where, where, what's your stance on that? You can lengthen, you, you can protect telomeres and there's research coming out, for example, in PubMed, peer reviewed research on the effects of meditation. <clears throat> to help protect the ends of your t- telomeres. So I'm not sure about necessarily the growth piece, but we want to make sure we protect the, the telomeres, which are the strands, the protective caps so at, the end of our, at the end of our DNA. And um, when telomeres start to shorten, it accelerates aging. So yeah. one way to help slow down the aging process is to do things that help support the health of your DNA and the health of your telomeres. Now, one thing, another really cool um, episode that Jody did was on the effects of EMF. I know, I'm, 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 <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> the effects of electromagnetic frequencies and Wi-Fi on our body and on our cells. And I think, you know, when we're talking about telomeres and protecting our DNA, we have to be really mindful of how we're using technology. Now, you will see I'm doing this interview um, using the sort of uh, you know, headset. Yeah, the wired headset. I do not use uh, Bluetooth. I never have. Um, and I, this would be a great time. Maybe when you come back from the break, because I think it's really important to show the video of what happens when somebody puts the Bluetooth in their ear and the EMF frequencies, how it goes past the level of being healthy. So when we're talking about a brain hack, and I, I did bring it up in the book, um, is the importance of being aware of EMFs and 5G technology and how we use our computers and our phones. So for example, my computer, which is a laptop, is never on my lap, ever. Yeah. Um, we don't want it on our lap. You know, we turn the Wi-Fi and the router off when we go to sleep, no electronics in the bedroom ever. And yep. whenever I'm on the phone, I'm either on one of these or I speak on the speaker phone. Right. So, yeah. Spot on. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, you just had that time though really well. So we are at 25 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and just run a quick commercial and then I will bring up um, the the video. Can we? It's a great, it's a really great video. I feel like people should see it just so they understand because I do a lot of these interviews with a lot of people who wear the Bluetooth and I know it looks cooler. I know I don't look cool wearing these, but it's protecting my brain and you're able to hear me clearly, which is why I'm not you know, using my computer uh, speakerphone. But just that one brain hack practiced over the next several decades of your life is going to protect your brain health and your telomeres and your DNA, which is why I really wanted to bring it up. I'm so glad that you mentioned this. And um, I have a good friend of mine who I told about um, the negative effects of wearing Bluetooth um, ear, those AirPods. And she said, I know, but that's okay. And I'm thinking, you're not going to be happy in, in like, you're not going to be happy later. You will not be happy later. It's, you know, here's the equivalent. And I talk about this um, with regards to my father, who was a firefighter. So, you know, I have, and as you'll read in the book, and you already know my father passed with Parkinson's. Um, one thing that they do in the fire community now is after they fight fires, they have what's called their personal protective equipment. It's all the gear that they wear when they go in to fight fires. And it is now a rule that all firefighters have to clear, clean their gear immediately when they come back to the fire station. Now, well, that that, is, since when? Oh, I know this is what what firefighters have to practice now because I speak to firefighter groups. I understand, but since, since when? Because when I was speaking to them, mm -hmm. um, maybe it was a rule, but nobody was doing it. Well, enforcement is another thing. So oh, let me thank you. All right. Enforcement is another thing. So my, my father, you know, spent over 25 years in the fire service. I mean, back he was doing it back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and he would wear his gear home very proud, right? Proud alpha male with all his soot and coughing up who knows what from the fires that he would be in. Um, and they just didn't clean the gear. And 
now they realize if you clean the gear, because firefighters are a higher incidence of cancer, number one, when and Parkinson's. Yeah, cancer is very prevalent. And cancer is just, it's a DNA repair issue. And when you have environmental toxins, those environmental toxins in the firefighter community are the smoke and, and all of the chemicals that they're exposed to from fires and diesel fume and exhaust. Um, but then, you know, you multiply that with so, sort of now all this, I mean, I'm not going to even go into the, the Wi-Fi and, and um, well, EMS because those, are, because those are also pollutants. But the, the point of bringing the story up was, you know, my father ended up getting a Parkinson's disease. Now we do not have it in our family. It's not genetic. And I will say he was a combat helicopter pilot in Vietnam. So chopper pilot flying into war zones with Agent Orange, which we know was, you know, made by Monsanto. So he had that, you know, exposure. Um, and then he was also a pilot for Pan Am. So there's also exposures there from fumes um, and whatever radiation that you can get from being up in the air for, you know, three decades. And he had that job while he was also a firefighter. So he had a lot of what I would just call exposure to environmental pollutants. And his tremors started in his 50s and really magnified into his late 70s where he was shuffling um, and falling and having the balance issues. But the point being is these degenerative diseases start in the body usually 20 years before you have a symptom. My dad's symptoms started in his 50s, the little bit of shaking, but he could put his hand in his pocket. He knew he had ways that he could mask it. Um, but then, then as he got older. Right, because my mom, they reason these little nuances, these symptoms that are really important to stop and pause and look at, they yeah. in those symptoms away, just like my mom did, just like my grandfather did, because they both yeah. had Parkinson's. And I would argue, and you can, you know, that all these diseases are epigenetics, right? So if we, like, if you are supporting your body with the nutrition that it needs, the disease can never flourish. Like you Correct. Know. You have more power. And I just interrupted you because I get excited. So I apologize. There's no shame um, or offense taken. And I'm, you know, and I'm also getting our video up as we speak. So. Okay. Oh, good. I'm excited. Do you need to take a break? Well, this is the break video. So I will do okay. that and then we'll just run this and then I'll get the other one going. So we're just going to do okay. quick commercial. Um, We're playing music to this in the future, so there you go. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I heard your music. Did you know that more than 100 million U.S. adults are now living with diabetes, prediabetes, obesity, and pain? We know these chronic conditions are the leading causes of death and disability, and they are driven by our lifestyles. The good news is that you have the power to prevent these chronic diseases by joining the Functional Food Program. We teach you to make simple changes and transform your life. When participating in the Functional Food Program, you will learn how to navigate the grocery store, avoid hidden sugars, identify GMOs, improve gut health, support the immune system, and more. On top of that, you'll receive a healthy lifestyle jumpstart kit 
and begin eliminating toxins immediately. So improve your health by clicking the link below and join the functional food program today. Has our older logo. Uh, oh, now it's spread out. Well, I want to say something about the logo um, because it's actually um, there's a cool story behind this, and I'm just going to make sure that this next thing doesn't uh, play. You don't want that, and I will just. He's caught up in all of that. It's all good. He's caught up in all the wires. Oscar, um, hey, you want to come up top? You want to be on? You want to be in camera? Come on, come on, sweetheart. You got it. Let's see you. So, you know, the I had one ginkgo leaf, and now I have three ginkgo leaves. Ah, yes. It was very intentional. Um, and actually, I feel divinely driven. But um, when we cr went, when this was during COVID that this was created. So now we have three leaves, which represents community. Yes. They're popping out of the circle, right? The And that represents getting out of your comfort zone, creating mm -hmm. a, um, a vision or a life for yourself not based upon your past. Yes. Don't let the constraints of the past define your future reality. Thank you. Brain health issue. Um, I know that Andrew and I are part of um, some brain health uh, Facebook groups. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm just stuck with this. I'm like, no, you're not. Never. <laughs> You are not stuck with the brain you have. We can make it better. But it takes a conscientious mind. And that's really what's important. And I think that's the goal is literally retraining the way people think about making their health choices and making it more exciting and making brain health more exciting and body health more exciting but we're preaching to the choir, right, Oscar? Well, not everybody, because you and I are preaching to each other, but everyone else is going to see this. So I'm I agree. Get Monday.com's flexible the, uh, CRM solution. They can manage the- They had their ad, you know that was. Here we have it. So this is so short, this video. Okay. But I want to put it on the screen so everyone can see this. So if you're concerned about brain health and you love electronics, just make sure you're using electronics responsibly correct right so yes remember the commercial um you probably remember this too this is your brain this is your brain on drugs of course the frying pan yeah exactly that, the eggs in the frying pan okay here we go here here's the eggs in the frying pan i like it mm -hmm. okay let's see here we have some apple airpods and they are turned off with the case closed low levels of RF, and look what happens immediately when we open the case and take out the earbud, our levels of RF not pretty high. You can see people walking around with the earbud in their head, 
about it's peaking at about seven or eight hundred millivolts per meter. So here we have some Apple oh, AirPods and <laughs> people need to see it twice. Close. You know what? Low levels of RF. And look what happens if we okay. open the case and take out the earbud. Our levels of RF go up pretty high. You see people walking around with the ear pod in their head. About. Uh, I honestly, my ears hurt just <laughs> listening to that. I, I hear you. Um, so let me do that. There we go. That's painful. That was painful. Let me get out of here. And get all about. I was actually looking at, so he said that was seven to 800 millihertz of RF. Am I correct? Yeah. I said it says, let's see. That's only I'm looking at you're 800 over the recommended amount, which is point. Is it 0 0.01 or 0 0.1? Dr. Kristen, most mobile operators use from radio frequency waves. Oh, got it. Most mobile operators use from radio frequency waves in the range up to 300 millihertz to three gigahertz that can be harmful to human health. So I was just looking at what range was harmful to human health based on what he was just showing us in that video. So wearing the AirPods put you at seven to 800 millihertz. And this says uh, just a PubMed article effective ultra high frequency mobile phone radiation Hold on. on human health. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, I, I think the most important part, and I'm sensitive to this because it's a brain health issue. And, you know, we're seeing more and more people getting glioblastomas and different kind of brain tumors. And you've heard about people who have the cell phones and they, Put them in their bra, and then all of a sudden oh, yeah. there's a tumor there. Yeah. So let's just do the simple solution and get a pair of these, right? Or be really mindful because there's the things that we see that are harming our health, and there's things that we don't see. The there's the visible world and the invisible world, and I think now more than ever, and this is so important for you um, and the work you're doing is highlighting these invisible things um, that are harming our health and just in doing the simple solutions. That's why biohack your brain was about simple things people could do daily to change their long-term brain health outcome. So getting back to the firefighter, yeah, simple thing the firefighters are now doing at least, you know, the ones here in California, I can't speak to the ones in Illinois uh, really are starting to clean the PPE gear in that will over time um, lower their risk of getting a neurological disorder like my father or a um, cancer, which those are expensive propositions, by the way. Whenever I, when I was working at the aiming clinics, one thing we used to say is to not treat mental health and brain health issues will result in, um, could be big financial concerns later on down the line when you're dealing with healthcare expenses. Uh, you know, from a brain health perspective, 
if you have dementia or Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or ALS and have to be put into an assisted living facility or some kind of care facility that can cost you between ten to $12,000 a month. Um, and I've visited yeah. patients that I've worked with that are placed into those homes. So, you know, I think part of what I like to do and what you like to do, I mean, we're both relatively young and very healthy. I started this journey 20 years ago when I was in neuroscience because I was so excited about it. And, you know, part of the reason for writing this book, I wanted to call it a user's guide to brain, great brain health, everything I wish I knew in my 20s, because the earlier you start, not only the healthier your, your brain is, but you can attest to this. Um, it's what will keep you slim and lean. I mean, the great side effect is weight loss and great health and feeling better and having more energy. So all of those are bonuses, greater mental clarity. Um, if you want less, to less senior moments, right? I mean, you still get senior moments. So Andrew and I went for dinner um, at a, a restaurant in Barrington that's organic and yes. pulled out the pine salt. Oh no! See, those are <laughs> so those are the challenges, back, right? <laughs> well, let me tell you something, and I think you're you're gonna love this. So, um, I've got my little rescue dog Oscar here, who's actually sitting right here beside me, and he's a low rider. He's very low to the ground. He's a, a corgi Jack Russell mix, twenty two pounder. Can you show me who he is, please? Yeah, let's see. Oh, no, no, Oscar Dolly. Oh, let's see if I can. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me put him in my... Um, in your lap, maybe. Yeah, let me put him in my lap. Hold on one sec. Yeah. Oscar? This is a dancing oh. show, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, handsome. Like, I, I, I'm a little introverted. I'm not doing Wait, he, very much. Oh no. oh, no, hold on. What in the world just happened? I don't even have you on my screen now. Oh, I have uh, my screen. Oh, there you go. He, yeah, whenever he gets near me, he, like buttons get hit and then I lose my screen. Um, so Oscar's low to the ground. And I think I shared with you, he's got pancreatitis and he's forming these lipomas now, which are, his, his pancreas isn't um, digesting fat very well. And so he's getting these lipomas, which are these sort of like clusters of fat that are um, in his skin. And what I started to realize is, He's very close to the ground where, you know, Life was we have used chemicals, right, to keep our house clean. So I just recently bought, I'm so excited, a steam cleaner by Shark. It's called, it's like a Shark Shark. I, 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 I love the steam cleaner. So for anybody, again, because I have to think about his health as well as my health. And I'm obsessed with this. And that's, again, one little change. You know, just like firefighters cleaning off their personal protective equipment and making it clean. So when they come away from a fire, they're not continually breathing in those toxic chemicals. Um, now, yeah, I don't. Just when you're cleaning people, yeah. it's there. So your dog's it's, getting it or your bird or your cat. So if you love yeah. animals and you love your children, buy a shark steam cleaner. But they are the best, I think. They are the best. They are the best. I'm like a little shark commercial here, you know. But I, I, my husband knows I'm obsessed because I was like doing everything with the steam cleaner. It's so easy. It's inexpensive. My gosh, I got the thing. I got the thing. I think it's like fifty bucks, forty-seven dollars. It's steam. Walmart. 
Yeah, it's steam clean, so you could do this on floors, bathroom floors. It's you know, then you take the little thing off and throw it in the wash. Um, so I, this is why I think you and I are very much in synergy because I've realized, you know, and I'm circling back to my dad many times because my father, um, six four, lean, healthy perfect eater. I mean, this man was eating clean, whole food, plant-based, juicing. Do I have a picture of my dad? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Mom was the same thing, by the way. How do I I share? um, Hold on. Can I just put it on the phone and I'll share? So you could email it to me or there's a button down there that says share. I think you have that capacity. Oh, I do. So if I bring it up on the screen, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll and I'll bring up my mother because you want to look at these people. My mom looked like radiant, right? Oh and yeah, you cancer. You would never. Yeah, let's, let's, see. Images. let's see what we got here for dad. Okay, I'll show you. Well, first of all, this is. And while you're picking up a picture of your father. I wanted to share. So the firefighters that I work with, and I'm not going to say what stations, right? Because we don't want to. Yeah, don't say. Don't worry. So. Um, oh, watch I think, this. I think they were cleaning their gear, but then they would sit around and kibitz, so to speak, talk, yeah. right? In their muck or worse, play basketball. So they sweat. Oh, my dad, my dad played basketball on the fire. Yeah. You know, one, of those, one of those fire leagues. Pardon me. My dad played basketball in one of those leagues, the firefighter leagues. Mm, yeah. Okay. Let me do this. Um, oh yeah. Um. I think. Where's the PowerPoint? So, or you can just email it to me, and I'll bring it up on the screen. Yeah, I did. I have a PowerPoint where I've got a couple really cool pictures. Oh, wait a minute. I've got a dad picture. And I'm like, like, now that our dads aren't here, it's like, you know, uh, dad images. Yeah, I actually have a dad. Oh, is that your mom? That's why I'm, that's what Parkinson's looks like, everybody. Hold on. Let me, let me look at your mom before I I show you some dad pictures. Oh, your beautiful mom. What age did she pass? 72. Okay, let's give you a couple. This because, and I want to see your dad too. This is what Parkinson's looked like. She was getting symptoms already at this time. So, so I'll give you a picture of my dad. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Sh- we'll bring up two pictures. So we'll get uh, young dad in Vietnam. Okay. Okay, you can show the screen. Okay, um, so I need, is that, do I need to check my email for that now? Oh, do you want me to email them? Or so you, oh, I share this, I think maybe you should email because if you, if you don't have a plus button on the bottom of your screen that says share. So I do, you, I okay. do have a plus button. Oh, so when I, is that all I have to do? So you're going to press that button, then it's going to give you an option of which screen to share. Okay, let's do. So I'll give you like a couple of fun ones here. Share. Share screen. Share screen. Um, window. Oh, you can see that one. Okay. There's one. So now I'm going to go to the stream. So there he is. Handsome man. Yeah, that's Dan. That's one. Actually. 
I, I do. People think we were, uh, yeah, let's see. Here's my dad as a pilot. So let's do this one for Pan Am. Let's see. That, awesome. Let's see. You tell me, can you see this? So I don't hear you have to share the screen again. Oh, we share the screen again. And when is this picture taken? This next one. Um, this is him, I would say, probably in his 40s. And we're going to get to a. And when older. did your father die? How old was he? Uh, 78. So, really, okay. we had done a brain scan at this time, or, or we. Would we have seen this? Can you see this picture now? Wow. Okay, that's him as a pilot. Still young. For a moment. I really do. This is really important. Look what he's surrounded by. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. That is my father. Yes, in the cockpit. So I want to just point this out, okay? There are so many easy, cost-effective ways to neutralize what's happening to your dad right here. Okay. Yes. And so this is going to be good for anybody who is a stewardess to a flight attendant, uh, anybody who is a traveler on the airplane or anybody who is a pilot. Yes. Yeah. You can use um, shungite, other rare earth minerals. You can use pulse electromagnetic frequency devices. Um, there's, I mean, we haven't even, there's certain oils. You, we can't even touch the surface of what can be done. But what I can tell you is that back when this picture was taken, we had yep. no clue. We had no clue. Yeah, we had no clue. Unfortunately, our parents were not, you know, the generation they grew up, they didn't have the knowledge that we have now. Okay, I'm going to do a more recent one. Um, and while you're pulling that up, I'm going to show one more of my mom. Show your mom. Also, uh, just kind of like before she had gotten diagnosed. So she had a bridal shop in Barrington. Uh, oh, cool. Birthday it was, got to wear the bridal necklace. Oh, now, look at your mom. Oh, I see you. <laughs> you see, like the I see you and your mom. <laughs> They would, they would pass the necklace around. Oh, it's Sharon's birthday. She gets the necklace. It's Christy's birthday. She oh, I got it. I got it. it. Bridal store. She had a bridal store. That's so cool. Uh, okay, we got one more I'll share. Um, okay. This is an older. I want to say this before I take this down, okay? People, okay. I'm showing you this picture, not because she's so pretty and she's my mom, and I love her. I want to tell you, this is the face of cancer. This is the face of Parkinson's. Yeah. So you may look good, but you may not feel good. Or you may think it's just normal or because you're that age, whatever age you've inserted into that. This yes. is cancer, Parkinson's, all these neurological diseases. This is what it looks like. Yeah. And it looks, you look happy and healthy on the outside. This is, did you get my last one? Hold on. I'm bringing it on now. 
Wow. Love so this it. is my dad in retirement. This is my dad, you know, in his 70s. So this is, again, see, do you know how huge, when I was going to write my first book, I was kind of, the title I was going to come up with was, and I chose not to do it. I mean, I wrote, I still wrote, but I didn't use this title, which was, well, you look good. Mm-hmm. You look good, right? Because, yeah, you do look good. So get yeah. checked, people. Get checked. Yeah, it's, you know, that's why I love getting health assessments done annually, especially if you're age 40 or over. Uh, just get your basic blood work done, you know, make sure you see your physician, you know, get on top of these things early. But I like the kind of food sensitivity tests you were talking about. Okay. So those were good. So you you get an idea of what was going on with dad. And you know, my mom died of Waldenstrom's lymphoma. So my mom had cancer. So my mom died of cancer. My dad had Parkinson's. So you wonder why, like Jody, I am so passionate about helping people to take care of their health. And my mom was pretty much healthy her whole life. So these things don't crop up until our, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh decade of life, but they've started early. They've started in your second, third, fourth decade of life. And um, that's why we want to try to address the habits that are maybe thwarting Uh, your brain health efforts. And I think what I love about what we're talking about today, or these are the simple things we can do. I think the Wi-Fi thing is really important. And it's just as simple as, you know, don't wear the Bluetooth earbuds. Or unplug your Wi-Fi at night before you go to bed. Unplug your Wi-Fi at night before you go to bed and see how great your sleep can be, you know, and add a little lavender oil in the mix just to help calm you down and help you help get you into that more uh, parasympathetic nervous system where you're resting and restoring your function because that's that's the whole thing about stress relief you know we're bombarded by stressors and environmental stressors and that's why it's so great to sleep am i are you tired am i making you tired no i'm i'm busting the chops is what i'm doing i want to take people to your book oh thank you yeah so chapter five Mm-hmm. Let's go to chapter five. Page okay, five. Let's, oh, let's go to chapter five. I feel like this is a book study. A little okay. bit. Okay, what did I write about in chapter five? Offensive. Yes, I love this. This is actually a, a favorite chapter of mine because, yeah, you got the sense? Because, um, as I had said earlier in the video, Dr. Amen. You know, my very first job there was the director of nutrition and nutraceuticals. And what I love about him is he said, I want you to come on board with me and let's use our neuroimaging technology to demonstrate the efficacy of nutritional supplements. Because, you know, in psychiatric practice, one thing that I really love about the aiming clinics in Daniel is it's always first do no harm. Let's do natural things first. Yes, there are medications. Yes, we have technologies like transcranial magnetic stimulation and other things that we can do. They're a little bit more expensive. Um, but the medications, as you know, come with side effects. Oh, oh and small neuropathy. Yeah. 
Yes. So if we can help you utilize nutritional supplements and really tailor those supplements to your clinical symptoms, that's the whole point. You don't need to take a whole bunch of them. It's all about streamlining what supplements are going to be best for you. Um, and he brought me on board because he said, you're a scientist. I want you to help me show that supplements do something to the brain and are effective. And um, as I mentioned in the book, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I was one of those people that did not think supplements really did anything in the body. Well, I forgot that you wrote that. I did write that. I am very, I came from a very linear um, Western medical background and philosophy. And I love you. It's <laughs> the beautiful thing about being a, a scientist when you see things in black and white, um, it's just irrefutable. And when you see it time and time again using neuroimaging, you know, there's nobody that can convince me now that supplements are not going to be an effective way to support your long-term brain health, particularly because most people are not eating, you know, non-GMO, uh, organic, locally grown, really from your whole, you don't even, as you showed in the EMF video, we don't even want to be buying the foods from our grocery stores. We actually want to get them now from farmers or things that we can make ourselves or grow ourselves because there's even EMF exposure that's happening in those stores. So well, I'm going to do a commercial for the Hasselman farms in Marengo. <laughs> Please. And, and find, I, I really want to give a, a plug, a shout out, a recommendation for people to get inspired to now go to their local farmers markets. I know there are, you know, we have them in LA, you have them in Chicago, um, to not only support our local farmers and the way they're naturally growing food, our bodies assimilate foods better that are grown in the same environment that you live in versus, you know, the grocery store, you know, sometimes you're getting um, fruits from Chile or from other you know, tropical areas, you're not getting them that are locally grown. So um, in terms of supporting the, the best health of your, your cells of your body, locally grown, organic, non-GMO is the best way to go. And because, and again, we can talk about the soils and how the soils are depleted of nutrients. And we can talk about the, um, the pesticides and herbicides and all the chemicals that are on our food that we're not even aware of and that we probably don't clean off of our food. And you have a really cool video that teaches people how to clean the fruits and veggies. And even if you just start with um, making sure you clean your foods with good filtered water and a scrub brush, and then you can get into doing the vinegar and letting them sit. Like it's a process and people have to get used to it. But um, once you do, you're going to have healthier food. But in the interim, if you're not, you know, we want to start thinking about supplements like multivitamin, things that are going to help support your body, right? To make neurotransmitters and the things that it needs to function optimally. So so long when when it answered but this so the supplement offensive chapter and i call it supplement offensive because this book was really born out of the big nfl study we did and all of the things that we did to rehabilitate brain function in the first study was 100 nfl players but once we did 100 they just kept coming in the door so did they this, want their health 
But yeah, so this book wasn't just about uh, restoring and rehabilitating the brains of these professional athletes. All of this information then started to be utilized by our clinic for everyone that walks through the door, whether they had, you know, a, a dementia or a mild cognitive impairment or had a brain injury or dealing with a psychiatric issue. If we saw with brain imaging that they needed help, um, we knew there were certain supplements that could help support that. And that's why I wrote this chapter. So people would know what are the basic things to take? What are, so I have, you know, I, 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 I sort of made these fun names. Um, the first the, sort of the basics, I called the starting lineup, like a fun yeah, little NFL. Three fatty acids. Mm-hmm. You explain to people how important that these are and how to source them. Yeah, omega-3 fatty acids are bar none one of the most essential uh, nutraceuticals that you can add to your regimen. So our brain is comprised of 60% fat and it's 86 billion neurons. I know I'd said it earlier, but I was billion. It's 86 billion neurons. Every cell membrane is comprised of uh, fatty acids and they're comprised of the DHA component. So an omega-3 fatty acid has EPA and DHA. The DHA is the component of the cell membrane. The EPA is actually used to help bring down inflammation and can also thin blood, which is great. So you've got this beneficial effect of taking omega-3 fatty acids where they help keep um, your brain volume. So they help maintain brain volume over time. Whenever you're learning something new and you're making new neurons, you need these essential fatty acids. So they're really important for that. Most people don't know. I'm I'm hearing heart health because you said thinning the blood. Correct. So get yeah, cardiologists. That's what I was saying. Cardiologists love omega three fatty acids for their for the heart health. Neurologists love omega three fatty acids for the brain health. So as we age, this is a I call it a fun fact, but it's actually a real fact that our brain volume shrinks about five percent each decade after age forty. Why do you? So, so it's so the brain is in this rapid phase of growth and development from birth or prenatally actually in the womb um, all the way up until the age of 25. So it's actually in a growth phase. Your brain is fully mature between around age 25, 30. So then it stops that process and every day you start to lose neurons. It's just a part of what happens with the aging brain. So you don't have the growth phase anymore. You have what we call, it's now the maintenance phase, but you lose approximately 80, 85,000 neurons per day. That's okay as as long as you keep the connections between them strong. And that's where continued learning, continued education, right? We talk about brain training gates. It's about maintaining the connections between the neurons. That is what is going to maintain the cognitive health. So yes, we can have some brain shrinkage over time, but you can maintain that brain volume through taking the omega-3 fatty acids, through physical exercise. Those are actually two ways we know that in the peer-reviewed literature help to keep, maintain brain volume. With regards to the omega-3 fatty acids, it actually helps maintain brain volume of the hippocampus, which is the area of the brain essential to learning and memory. Um, And then we can get, and exercise is really important because what exercise does is it creates what's called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So that's a factor. It's like a growth factor. It keeps, 
it's like the signal that says for neurons to keep growing. And in, neurons can only grow in very specific regions of the brain, so the hippocampus being one area. Um, but it also, exercise also releases what's called um, VEGF, so vascular endothelial growth factor. So that actually helps to grow new blood vessels in the brain. And exercise releases nitric oxide, which helps to keep the blood vessels open. So between, and I know I've just dove right into the exercise, but uh, the omega-3 fatty acids, you know, are also really helpful with that brain volume. Well, I don't think you can really talk about one without the other. So mm -hmm. doing that, but I also want to say, and please confirm this, but if we're stressed out all the time or in pain, it actually shrinks your brain. Yes or no? That is correct. So stress causes the release of cortisol. Yeah. Cortisol. Oh, what is this? Are you stressed here? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, whoa. This is 16 seconds. And I'm like, well, I'll, if I put it up, I might be able to like run it real quick and then we can go back to oh, it. You're so funny. Do we need to do commercial? Then we'll go into stress. Yeah, Jody Susan, Susan Essentials, is certified by the number one functional medicine doctor on plant-based healing essential oils, which are revolutionizing the way we manage our well-being. Schedule today to take control of your health. So actually, the test, the um, the screen that they showed here. Let me just show. Yeah. This one. Jody right Susan of Susan right there. That's a big blown up version of the test results for food sensitivities and nutrient. Um, they don't say deficiencies. There's another word that they use because it's um, that's more of an allopathic term and we don't yes. go into disease states. So just uh, for the record, that's not the right word, but I'll say deficiencies right now. So uh, <laughs> until I remember what it is. Um, yes, I, that's why I like what they are doing and I think in terms of tailoring an approach, especially here, we're talking about omega-3 fatty acids. You know, certain people might have a food sensitivity to that, or certain people might not uh, eat fish. So they want to do the vegan sources of omega-3 fatty acids, the walnuts, the flax seeds, the I actually use a vegan omega-3 fatty acid as well as a spirulina, which also has EPA and DHA. So I'm more of a plant-based eater, but I also do, we have uh, fish because the Mediterranean diet, the oh, there's overwhelming evidence that not only does following the Mediterranean diet um, reduce your incidence of neurological disorders, but it, and it can really slow brain aging by as much as seven and a half years if you follow it rigorously. So well, if I you just move out of that area, what the mm -hmm. research showed was so people who lived in that area, which is a zone, blue zone, right? The blue zones, right? So when they move out of that area, those symptoms occur or develop. Whereas then they move back to that area and those symptoms go away. Which That's an interesting finding. Well, because yeah. it's, mm, this is huge. When yeah. I watched the, um, the docu-series, The Truth About Cancer, Mm -hmm. Hey, you can eat all the organic food you want, but if you don't take care of what's between your ears, good luck, right? It's true. It's true. Well, and for some people with cancer, if there's a mindset associated with it, and that's between the ears as well, yeah, um, that, that can accelerate. Between the ears, yeah. Yeah. It's people don't realize the contribution of 
their thought patterns Negative. to what manifests in the body. Yeah, it's a it's sort of this new concept that people are really starting to embrace. And I think it's why meditative practices and stress reduction practices and learning how to address your thoughts or address the thoughts that cause you angst and figuring out ways to reverse or change it. Or sometimes I call it just, you need a pattern interrupt um, because our brains are always going, right? Those thoughts are always coming in. The one thing about the thoughts, and I know you'll appreciate this, is sometimes they're our own and sometimes they're the thoughts of the people that are around us. We pick up what's around us, which is why we also need to be mindful of the company we keep. So I want to talk about that for a moment. May mm -hmm. I? Of course. So here's the thing. There's someone, and I'm not going to say the relationship or anything, because if they ever hear the show, they'll know it's them. So mm -hmm. there's a person I know mm -hmm. who in the last two years shifted their environment and mm -hmm. they're surrounded by, um, uh, two other people who drink wine every night, right? Mm -hmm. And gossip and judge. And wow. that is so harmful. And it's, and I, I'm just going to say that, well, first of all, I was never a drinker, so that was no big deal for me. But I was a huge judgment machine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I, I applaud you for your honesty. And sometimes you don't, yeah, you don't know. That's why one of my favorite, I think I shared this with you. Um, if somebody's, yeah, hashtag no judgment. Like if I'm realizing somebody's like getting a little harsh with me, um, because I try not to be, I actually try to understand somebody's perspective before I throw my opinion at them. First um, understand before being understood. But that takes a good, what we call prefrontal cortex. So that prefrontal cortex area of our brain allows us to make good decisions and allows us to manage our emotions and allows us to be empathetic and decide, you know, are the words we are choosing going to cause harm to another or not? Or maybe we're doing it purposefully, which is why when we judge, <laughs> mm, yeah. And of course, if you add wine into the mix, right, you're kind of slowing the connections down between the neurons and you might be a little more impulsive with your thoughts. Um, you never know what's going to come out. <laughs> well, and that's why, and the reason I was able to modify this, and by the way, everyone can, right? So Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I use the BOD, the bio mm -hmm. utilization device, and we won't talk about it too much here today because... Yours is being delivered. And yeah, I'm excited to get the bod. I'm, I'm excited. Are you saying the bod will help you be less judgmental? Because it will. <laughs> well, for sure. Right? Because it's, it's um, you can speak to the theta waves. Uh, yes. And I can't. So what I'm going to take, uh, it, 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 it slows down the theta waves so you can be more present. Um, so it could slow down. You, so we have several uh, brainwave frequencies, right? The brain is this, you know, uh, two pound organ that, you know, utilizes 20% of the brain's energy and it generates all of these different frequencies. Yeah. Delta frequencies are sort of the slowest waves. Um, they're most active when we're asleep. So we call those like our slow, sleepy brain waves. Um, theta are our daydreaming brain waves. Um, we can be very creative in theta. 
Um, alpha is when we are relaxed or we're sort of in that meditative state and sometimes it can be our most creative. Um, beta, which is what we are in now, is when we are concentrating, working, focused. Um, high beta is when we can be really anxious. And then there's the gamma waves, which are that sort of heightened waves, which can, some meditators can get into gamma. You can get heightened states of perception when we're in gamma. So for most people, they spend a majority of their day when they're working in beta. Um, for people who have anxiety issues, you know, sometimes the beta is a little too high and we need to calm it down. When we meditate, we can shift people into alpha, which is that relaxed and focused brainwave state. And when people are relaxed and focused, they seem to be more tuned into their intuitive creative side. And they can even be sharper, have more sharper um, clarity, mental clarity. When we shift them into alpha, or I'm sorry, theta, that can be very creative. But for example, kids who have ADD tend to have what we call high frontal theta. So they're kind of all over the place. We call that shiny ball syndrome, right? They can't mm -hmm. really focus on anything because they're in that theta daydreaming state. So I'm guessing the BOD can help shift you into these slower brainwave states. And when we shift into those slower brainwave states, that's one way we can do the pattern interrupt on the thoughts. So... If somebody, for example, yeah, has an overactive, what we call anterior cingulate gyrus, which is in the front part of the brain, we call it sort of a gatekeeper to our thoughts. When that area is too active, people can get stuck on thoughts and overanalyze and ruminate. So we want to calm that area of the brain down. Right. That's in the front, sort of in the front part of the brain. Um, and and then, I'm still studying. I'm still, I'm a student, right? So I'm studying. And so, which is why I'm so excited to have you on here to help people understand that, mm -hmm. you know, there's a stigma about brains, which. Really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there's a, okay, there's a stigma about mental health. I think. I want to. I want to get people to just love their brains and really. I write, my article I wrote yesterday was like, "Love your brain and have my brain health smoothie." You know. Yeah, your brain health smoothie, and you know, many people don't think about their brain until it's too late, or they have a neurological condition. They're going in like your brother who had seizure issues. You're going in because you're an athlete and you had a concussion. Um, you know, you're concerned because you know, your maybe your parents are getting divorced, you've got a mental health issue and you're not able to handle it. Um, so there are many reasons that people then turn to looking at their brain and brain health. Most of it is to address, like I said, a mental health or neurological disorder. But just imagine that you started thinking about brain health when you were healthy. And just like people who exercise every day, okay, thank you, Oscar, who exercise every day to keep their physical health looking good. Imagine if you take the same steps every day to also take care of your brain health. I mean, that's, All you know, there. then you turn into, and I've, I've mentioned this in other podcasts before, because she's my favorite, then you turn into Betty White, who just turned 99 years old, who is still memorizing scripts. So I read an article, which is so cute. She thanked her agent for still, still sending her scripts so for anybody who's got memory issues or is worried about they're losing it, and we got good old Betty White who was just crushing it, right? She's Because she's continually working her brain. 
She is reading. She is memorizing. She is really cognitively challenging her brain. You know, if you want to challenge your brain, you try to memorize a paragraph every week and say it to somebody else. Teach, read something in the Wall Street Journal and then teach it to somebody else. Do something um, that challenges your brain. That is what is going to keep you healthy. We just lost each other for a second. Okay. I saw that. I saw, I saw you freeze. You look great. <laughs> I, was just, I, was just, I was just trying to hit home the fact, you know, we've got these great examples of people who are centenarians that are doing amazing, have amazing brain health. I mean, like I said, I think uh, Betty White is a great example um, because, you know, hello, if you're 99 and you're still memorizing scripts and getting jobs on television, you're, you're my power woman. <laughs> totally. And, and, um, and she doesn't even live in a blue zone. <laughs> she doesn't live in Loma Linda, California. She's not from Icara, you know, or Costa Rica. And so it's, we have many examples of people who are living these incredible lives and maintain their brain health. But I, I think you and I are sort of the cheerleaders for people mm -hmm starting early mm -hmm. and minimizing the chance of having to deal with any of these issues like our parents did when they're in their 60s, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth decade of life. Because that's when you should be having fun. My parents and my grandparents. Because my grandfather was in, um, you know, he had he was part of the Holocaust. Um, you know that they used, you know, glyphosate back then. And, um, and so... Uh, I always feel compelled to um, let people know that they have a choice in the matter, that they can take control of their health. It's yes. really not so hard. And it's really, in my humble opinion, really more about mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I think this is be, this is the point I'm going to share my story. Because I went from being a bodybuilder. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I benched 185, right? I, that, is, that is amazing. And you know that I worked at um, what oh, was the gym? Club in, uh, Midtown Athletic Club. Yeah. I, I worked at, you know, I, I can't remember. I want to say maybe it was like a Lake Barrington Fitness. I worked at a fitness center that was all bodybuilders okay. and I was the front desk girl that had to open up the club at literally like five o'clock in the morning and I'd come in it'd be 4 45 everybody's lined up at the door but they're coming in with their you know their chicken breasts and their egg whites and their gainers fuel and I'm learning all about the whole weightlifting world through having worked there. So I, <laughs> that's what I talk about in the book about the metric shakes. I mean, I, I understood that philosophy and, you know, I have a lot of respect for you. Didn't you say your dad was a bodybuilder as well? Yeah. yeah. So we grew up with uh, barbells and, um, and protein shakes with the three raw, yeah. right? The strawberry the raw eggs. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I love the banana. I loved the um, orange and the. For, for metrics. What's metrics? The I, metrics. Mean, I don't think so. This is back in the 60s. So I don't this know. 60s. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I did my. Uh, so we were happy. He did put in a protein powder. It was spirulina. I do remember that. Your dad used spirulina? 
dad. My dad, my dad was like, and the fact that my, my father had a major accident where he fell from um, a scaffold because he was a developer. Oh um, my God. How did that happen? You know, I don't know, but I do know he broke about just about every bone in his body. The fact that he survived that is extraordinary. Exercise every flipping day. That's yeah. a mindset. That's that's an athlete mindset. Well, let me tell you about his mindset. Tell me. He died at 83. He never put a drink of alcohol to his lips. He grew up with gangs, right? I love it. I don't want to give up the control of having my mental acuity. He knew. That is a very smart man. I don't think I've ever met anyone that has never had a drink of alcohol. Not I will say people people who know me know I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done drugs. Um, and I've never had a cup of coffee. You Oh, you've never had a cup of coffee? Never had a cup of coffee. I grew up with a mom who smoked cigarettes and had coffee, and she taught me how to make her coffee. So before I run off to school, we had the little coffee pot. I loved the smell. Like, I like the smell oh, of the fresh great. ground beans, but I never ever tried it. I don't know if it was just me not wanting to be her or I just never gravitated towards it. But I, I, you know, and I told you, I have the story about caffeine. Yeah. But I mean, like for me, I mean, I have a cup, like maybe a cup every, I probably every three, I have like three, three days a week, maybe four mm -hmm. addiction for me. Like, and then of course, the fact that I loaded up with mushrooms, my mushroom powders. It's good. Dandelion tincture, echinacea, um, burdock root, and you know what? Share your health journey for people who might not know, because I think it's really helpful to just sure. say it. So I was a bodybuilder, and um, but I was always complaining about pain, right? Mm -hmm. And I reasoned my pain away, and um, by the time, um, where was your pain? Well, actually, all over ankles, like a fibromyalgia type pain, like mm -hmm. a peripheral neuropathy. Okay. Yeah, and I actually had small fiber neuropathy. They did a, a biopsy and found. Did they do? Did they do an EMG electromyograph? What age were you when they got the diagnosis? It, when you were feeling all this pain and going through it, were you in your twenties? Oh, uh, high school. High school. Grade school. No person in high school should be going through this. Yeah. And they thought I was on drugs. They thought I like I was on, which I want to say I was. Sugar is a drug. Mm. Even as a bodybuilder? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I did. Okay. I want to tell you, you, mm, this is so huge. Okay. Because okay. I need to help people shift their mindset. Mm-hmm. You can't exercise away McDonald's. No, you cannot. Okay. Your blood vessels will not. <laughs> no. So I want yeah, to what I did. So I wanted, I would not have energy before my gymnastics workout. Mm -hmm. I'd have a ho-ho and probably, well, I'd have. Do they still make those, by the way? I have no, no idea. Still around. <laughs> I remember the ho-hos and Twinkies. Mm -hmm. But I, they came in a three-pack. So. Yes. Didn't want to make anybody jealous, so I ate yeah. all three. Right. Not to mention the Hostess cupcake with the cream in the middle. That was the best thing. 
Okay, so that gets me through my two, three hour workout. So that was your pre-workout mm -hmm. meal, yeah. okay? The other day we have egg whites, mm -hmm. with, um, barley, and spinach, you know, like that. Now I still don't know anything about nutrition, but someone told me to do that, so I did it like that. I had no no knowledge other than that in the smoothies that my dad made with the protein powders. Right. So his smoothies. Well, let's talk about the sugar in the smoothie. Okay. It de it absolutely depends what you do in your smoothie because I would just do the metrics in water. So when I don't tell tell us about metrics. Yeah, I don't do the metrics anymore, but the metrics, yeah, I, that metrics was just a protein powder, a vanilla, I believe it was a whey protein powder that I used to help make sure I got enough protein per day because I was doing, you know, I was lean, I was modeling at the time and, you know, I worked in a gym where there were a bunch of bodybuilders and this is what they did. So I kind of just jumped on board to make sure I was getting enough protein right? because I'm that person that actually doesn't really eat a lot of chicken, fish, beef. Although I grew up in the Midwest and pretty much every dinner my mother ever made was a sloppy joe, ribs, steak, pork chops, shish kebab. I didn't like those foods. I just didn't naturally gravitate towards it. So I used the Metrex protein powder as a way to supplement for protein. Um, and I had more, even back in the day, I would do tofu and broccoli. I would do cans of tuna with a little um, mayonnaise. I would make Cajun catfish. Uh, and then I would do the metric shakes and I would have um, oatmeal. So those were in, in grapefruit, lots of good fruit. Yeah, I see a lot of oatmeal too. Um, yeah. And, and, but the thing is, is that you, you can't eat what I ate before a workout or go to McDonald's and get the French fries, which are slathered in monitor, which that's another show about that. Kind of no fried foods. Yeah. You got to oh, take, if you want to be brain healthy, we just got to take fried foods off the list. Okay, but Okay. Let's say you have fried foods once in a great while. Okay. Everything once in a great while is absolutely fine. It's that is not going to kill you. Most people, I will tell you teaching, so I taught brain-directed weight loss groups for six years straight. So I still help people with their brain health and their eating. Um, most people eat the same 12 to 14 foods. I know. They, they just do. do. They just do. And that's why people have the issues. So, you know, a French fry every now and again. I mean, I, you know, I try to teach people things so that they make changes in their lifestyle that they repeat. Um, you know, I'm just not going to say you, you shouldn't do it, but if you do, it's not going to, once in a while, it's not going to kill you. But I want to make a distinction. Yeah, because I know what you're going to say. There's an addictive quality to certain foods and we don't, we actually don't want to introduce foods that could, um, trigger you into making them part of your routine, which is why like, like with alcohol, you know, from a brain imaging perspective, Alcohol is not good for your brain. It, it, does, it does nothing good. It slows the connections between the neurons. A new study came out um, from the University of Oxford looking at 25,000 people over time, and they showed people who drink alcohol, their brains were shrinking. This is not rocket science. I know people say you can have a few glasses of wine in moderation. In my experience in the clinical setting, 
you should not be having one to two classes of anything per night. Um, the only people who are allowed drinks are really the people who have healthy brains. And when we were doing scanning, there aren't a lot of people that have those. So I would just, you know, if you want to get the resveratrol from the wine, have the organic grapes, please, because that's really the best way to get your nutrients. But when it comes to your long-term brain health, although there are published studies in the Journal of the Medical uh, American Medical Association that say you can't have it in moderation. I want to um, know who funded it. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I will just say, it's, um, the problem with alcohol too is if you have addictions in your family. So my aunt died, my mom's sister died of cirrhosis of the liver. And this woman was brilliant. She was a physical therapist, a PhD. She had a very prestigious job at a very prestigious university and died it in her early 50s. And it's very hard to die of cirrhosis of the liver. That takes a lot of drinking, um, but it's wow. in our family. So uh, I just- talk yeah. about cellular memory then, Dr. Kristen, really. Mm. Because your body has a cellular memory. So, yes. so you could potentially, and I'll say cancel, 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 because I don't- Yes, yes, yes. I, I get where you're going with this. Okay. So you could, if you had uh, a drink, because mm -hmm. it could be, we don't know how many generations it goes back. Right. Book, and I haven't fully read it yet. It's called The Issues Are in the Tissues. And it talks mm -hmm. about how these issues are passed on. And we're not even really talking about genetics. We're talking about cellular memory. Consciousness. It's like a cellular consciousness. It's in your genetic lineage. Mm -hmm. And... I think this is the piece that I want people to be aware of when you're um, engaging in habits, whether it's the foods you eat, the things you're drinking, or the things you know you should, like we know we shouldn't be smoking cigarettes, yet people still do. It right. is, for any woman that's still smoking cigarettes, I'll just say from a vanity perspective, it's what creates the, all the lines around your lips. So it is just not good for your skin, but it's got- There's not enough oil for that, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. And it's got 4,000, you know, chemicals in it. And you just, you just don't want to be smoking, but people still do. And same thing with drinking, but think about your greater family history. Now, Jody and I are talking, you know, about health. We've seen it firsthand in our families. My mom died of cancer. Her mom died of cancer. My, my dad had Parkinson's. Yeah. And part. so it just makes us more mindful of our choices and, and, you know, part of why I love talking about brain health is I've worked with so many professional athletes that play these collision-based sports and I'm seeing what's going on in their brains and knowing there are moms out there who have kids that are playing soccer, that are wrestling, that are football. Um, yeah. Let's take care of your brain health now, right? Even if you never make it to the professional leagues, because very few people do, it doesn't mean that, um, those issues aren't occurring at the cellular level. We call it diffuse axonal injury when you get the sort of shearing and tearing. And your brain, the coolest thing about your brain is it is always working to support you. It will always find new connections. We call them com compensatory mechanisms. So your brain is always finding a way to rewire, rework. So when you damage it, it finds another route to keep working. And you know when we're young, because the brain is still in this growth phase, you know, you're playing sports, you know, you, you know, I showed horses, I've fallen off hundreds of times, yet I was totally fine. But here I am now going, I 
have to be really mindful of how I take care of my health because I've had hundreds of falls and that could impact me in my 60s, 70s and 80s. And I need to be really vigilant about it. So this is why, again, part of the reason why I wrote the book, I don't want people to have to worry about brain health issues as they age and taking care of your health at the cellular level, which is what I love about what you're talking about. And it's what I learned from 10 years in a laboratory setting. We have to think of how precious the cells are and thinking about cellular health. And you were just talking about cellular consciousness and genetics and our ancestral lineage. And when we're picking up habits, if we know there's somebody in our lineage that has either alcoholism, like in my family. And so I should be even more mindful, although I'm so sensitive to medications, everything, supplements, I feel everything that goes in my body. So I can't, it's probably why. And And the one thing I will tell people is as you clean up your diet and follow the things Jody recommends and the things we've just been talking about when I talk about the book, not only will you get leaner and healthier, um, your sensitivity to foods will change. Your taste buds will change. You will not crave the same old things that you ate before. And now I actually want to circle back because you were telling me the story about the hostess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, your pre-workout meal. Okay, so we're going back to sugar. Because this is so important. Mm-hmm. Like if you have French fries once every few months or whatever, okay, no big deal. But choose how what the big thing that I teach people is how to source your food. So yes. this story that was public. Well, you could teach you could you could teach somebody how to make a homemade fry. You yeah. know, get your own sweet potatoes, right? And you can just do a little spray a little olive oil and bake them and you got your own oh, fry. For Costco to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I do it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for interrupting. Okay, keep telling your story. We have this, like, you know, (laughs) all good. So the the story, though, this is so important that it comes out. Um, In 2015, I I saw this article, and it's published, I think, in the UK and the United States. Um, So there's the Idaho potato, which is the real big potato that McDonald's uses, and they like that potato because it it bouquets very nicely out of their container. The problem with the Idaho potato is that it bruises very easily. So in order to make sure that they were getting uh, potatoes that didn't contain bruises, is they mandated, and that may not be totally true that they mandated, they made a request, right? (laughs) Um, Hey, you want to do business with us, we want potatoes that don't have blemishes. So they, the farmers went out with hazmat suits on and sprayed monitor on these potatoes. And then they had to gas off for, I think, six days um, before they could put them into a football uh, stadium-sized building to gas off for five or six weeks after that. So, so tell people what Manator is. Then they serve you. So tell people what Manator is. Manator... You know, and it's it's a chemical um, that, that it's a it's a carcinogen, and it impairs your nervous system. And I, you know, I don't remember all the details of all the chemicals that I know. But here's the thing: if you can't pronounce it, don't be eating it. I agree with you, and I'm a big I'm a big proponent of eating all organic at at all times possible. Just 
when you have the opportunity, you gotta get it organic. <clears throat> I'll share with you, I was in Hong Kong presenting at a scientific conference and I was with somebody from my lab over at UCLA and we decided to go to this water park in Hong Kong and we were standing in line and across the street was this big field full of some kind of crop. And we saw these guys in hazmat suits, white hazmat suits, spraying, spraying this field. And it was all wafting onto us as we're standing in line. Now, the great irony about this is I at UCLA was studying Parkinson's disease. And oh, does this mean we're uh, going to commercial? We're not commercial at all. Okay, we're, well, let, we're answering your question about what that meant. Oh, good. Um, so I, I was just okay. I was like, "Oh, is that a commercial cue?" <laughs> so this is Monitor, and okay. so basically, um, it's poisonous. You know, go, go, you know, if you want, if y'all want to look it up, <coughs> um, M O N I. It's like Monitor, like your your, like your computer, but then put in the keyword potato. Yeah. Chemical. Do your homework. Yeah. Well, let me, let me share. Well, I'm going to finish this story and share something about COVID that is really interesting that happened to me and my family and food. Um, so just getting back to the pesticide piece, I was working in a laboratory, right, studying Parkinson's, and we had pesticides that I could just put into the cell culture dish where the neurons were. You could, there was no amount that you could put in that just didn't cause the cell bodies to explode. And, you know, they looked awful. I mean, I had the visual of, wow, okay, pesticides, not great for cells. It's not, you know, this is not rocket scientists. Yeah, you watch the cell bodies explode. So you have these beautiful neurons with their processes. And when they die, their cell bodies explode. And again, it's probably why... You know, I was in a laboratory looking at cells. I learned like what makes the neurons grow and make new connections. And I'll tell you, there is nothing more beautiful than to look at a dish full of neurons making these gorgeous connections and extensions with their neighbors. Like in our brain, one neuron can make between 10,000 to 40,000 connections. So again, 86 billion neurons, trillions of connections. You have a quantum universe under your skull that is happening. And 90% of the things that are going on are, are unconscious. They're not even under your conscious control. So this little bit of conscious control we have is 5 to 10%. Jody and I are just trying to be the cheerleaders and say, hey, you know, let's protect this beautiful, you know, three pound, two to three pound organ between your ears and, you know, think about your food choices, what you're drinking, um, the energy in the space around you and how do we protect that? Because when we do, we have better brain health, less mental health issues. Oh, thank you. Oh, the NFL, sorry. Yeah. Well, you're talking yeah. about thoughts. Yeah, what? You're oh, yeah. Thoughts. Yes. Fresh cancer. So, but go ahead, complete, because I think what you, what you talk about is so powerful. It is. So powerful. Well, I think we're at a point in time where there is this great global shift. Oh, the one thing I wanted to share with you about food, and you, we were talking about McDonald's and eating out. So during COVID, um, 
I mentioned in my book how I don't cook. That's one thing. I mean, I would teach people how to eat, but I just was so busy. I'm like anybody else, right? You've got the two-hour commute to work and you're working all day. And so I would go out and pick up healthy things for our family, Um, salads and fresh fish and organic chicken, like very clean and healthy foods. COVID comes along. We can't leave our house. I have to learn how to cook. And I will give a plug to Blue Apron because I have learned through Blue Apron how to cook and they have Mediterranean meals and vegetarian meals. So I started cooking for my family, clean, healthy, organic, and they, they source organically. They really, I have to give them props for they source organically. So they source organically. Now you can supplement and, and get your own, um, foods. But what I like is they give you the recipes and some of the special sauces, which really, I think my husband loves, right? Because it takes, it, it takes, it, it takes the food to a whole nother level. It really gives it more of a restaurant quality taste. But I will tell you, I'm a very, I'm a tall lean person. I've never had a weight issue and I lost 15 pounds during COVID. Now my husband said yes, to me, anti-COVID, sorry. What, so I so I lost the weight, but it's funny. I didn't change my eating habits. The only thing I changed is I wasn't going out and picking up dinners from restaurants. I wasn't picking up the fish that they had. I wasn't picking up. The, they were still healthy foods, but the but the light bulb for me was I was cooking this in in my home, controlling the ingredients and. It caused me, who's I wasn't even thinking about it, to easily drop weight. Um, right. And it's I I I'm honestly it's revelatory because I didn't even think I could get back to the weight I was at in college, but I am, and it's because I've been cooking at home. Um, I still we still order off Instacart. I mean, because we're in California, there are still a lot of restrictions, although things are opening up, but. I'm just planting this seed with the people who are listening because we were talking about, about McDonald's and fries. I think when I used to teach the brain directed weight loss groups, I would say you can't always trust what you read on food labels, the labels, the things that you even buy in the store, like those packaged burritos, it might be a vegan burrito. You might not know the, the sugar calories, the fat, um, mm-hmm. the fiber. There's sort of a range that people have in, you know, people are relying on what's on the package. I think the more people start to just cook naturally at home using fresh ingredients, less going out to restaurants because restaurants are adding in things that I honestly feel like even in, under the auspices of, of health are are widening our waistline. So they yeah. flat on. And I mean, I'm a scientist, so I, I'm, like, studying this, and I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, oh, my God, all I had to do was cook? That's amazing. So, And I have such joy around cooking. Like, to me, it allows for my cre- creativity to come out. Um, we made last night on the grill a barbecued um, cauliflower. Oh, yeah. And it was made with just date syrup. Oh, Interesting. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. I know you you are really big into the healthy recipes um, and you've got so many great things that people should go check out, healthy smoothie recipes. One of the easiest ways, 
I mean, I have them and they're mm-hmm. now I'm trying to get them onto my blog daily. Yeah. But it's a lot of a lot of work because I want to make sure that it's easy, you know. Ease ease is important. Well, that's why when we talk about eating healthy and in the book, I have a chapter I call the better brain diet. And this is what I use with the football players. And then, you know, when I was teaching the weight loss groups, so I've got what, like 20 stories in here. I've got so many story client stories for every chapter. I try to do a football story and then a client story because football, because I want to inspire men to take care of their brain health. And I, you know, I've been working with these players for long periods of time. So they were easy to get, uh, help them get their brain health in order and lose weight because they're motivated. Like your dad, mm-hmm. athletes have that mindset of like, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And there's no, um, there's no blocks. They don't question me. They don't, they, they just do it and it works. Well, I talk about- it happened though, because like with my brother, Steven, he was mm-hmm. an athlete. He was a bodybuilder. He had his, you know, body max before he became a doctor of chiropractic. Yeah, and he's amazing. Seizure. Um, he refused to get help in redeveloping those motor skills for logic and and uh, for motor skills logic processing. He said, "Well, that's embarrassing to have to see, you know, a mental health um, person." That's the stigma. That's the stigma piece that is unfortunate because at least with, I think with my work and the players that came into our study, they were so open-minded. They knew they needed to change um, or had community. They had community. I think that's one of the big things. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's, you know, I was, I was kind of surprised. I was not planning on running these groups. I talk about that in the book. You know, Dr. Eamon is like, you are going to teach a brain directed weight loss group to professional athletes. I thought he was nuts. <laughs> I thought he was, I was like, what? I'm a scientist. I'm running your clinical trials. What, am, what do you mean? I'm teaching them. He said, you are the mother of our NFL study. They trust you. You've been um, taking care of them. I sat in all the evaluations. I did some of the testing with them. I did their EEGs. I was the person who had to monitor their diet and follow them and have them come back in. So I just took it upon myself to start teaching them. And I found not only were they receptive, but I think you're right. It was doing it in community. Everybody jumped on my calls. People came to the classes. And then that's when I started rolling it out. Daniel's like, you're going to teach this in our psychiatric clinic. And then it, it, it just grew, and I had this amazing family of people who I'm still connected with, by the way. They're extraordinary. Um, and that's why I have, you know, some of them that are in this book, I call them my all-stars, right? People who have just transformed their life. They took the information. They ran with it. Just like you, a transformation, a big transformation can happen within a year or less, and you've experienced less. I mean, I lost ninety-two pounds in a um, in two months. And so you you did the accelerated path because when I teach people, I say you can expect to lose two pounds a week, two to three, right? If you're really vigilant. And so I would have women. Why? I lost it so quick. It wasn't intentional. Yours was because you were changing. Well, you changed everything. You did bod, right? Well, I- found the bod yet. I was using using the bod with my counselor. The reason was because 
I went on, I did that blood test. And when I did the blood test, I got rid of hardcore, any food that was causing inflammation. It literally fell off to the point where it, it falls off your body. That's it. The, and you know, you want to know the thing, and I think that's amazing. That's why we should really support people getting this testing done. They can get it done through you. Um, one thing that I've realized in, in working with people and even teaching the Mediterranean diet, yeah. grains, so right, grains and sugar can be inflammatory, right? Grains have, we have gluten sensitivities. Um, in the diet that I taught, I would only allow people to have one grain per day. And that grain, when, when you say one grain, one serving, that's a half a cup of something. So that's actually a very little bit of grain. And we try to have it be the quinoa, the millet, the brown rice, buckwheat, something that's nutrient dense with fiber and vitamins and nutrients. But you will see most people do not live that way. So if I were to give somebody a tip right now who is listening, if, you know, People might not have the resources to be able to afford to get all the fancy testing. Um, take the grains out. Totally great. Just, just take your grains out, right? Whatever you're doing, just take the grains out. Do your green vegetables, your fruits, your smoothies, your walnuts and almonds and cashews and fish and lean protein. And you might like beef, right? I'm not a beef eater. Like I try to get people to kind of reduce their red meat consumption. Some people need it. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, I, I eat meat. I eat, as a matter of fact, I mean, actually, um, which is going to be a shocker for you and maybe for everybody else. When I lost the 92 pounds, I ate very few vegetables because most of what showed up on my sensitivity were vegetables. Well, if you're food sensitive, you know, we want to honor that. And that's how your body, your body is as unique as your brain. So I always say everybody's brain is different, just like your thumbprint is different. Um, I've seen thousands of brain scans and have done, you know, you know, tons of QEEGs and they're, they are so unique. And so it's not a one size fits all approach. Now this book that I wrote, Biohack Your Brain, has all of the things that we've been doing in the clinical setting, plus the published research is in here, not just from myself and my colleagues like Dr. Amen, but I think I have over 300 research studies in there, but, but it's written in a way that's really fun for the layperson. So you don't have to get caught up in all of the heavy science. It's, you know, it was meant to be really practical. Um, just, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> I just want to make this recommendation. So I have the hard copy. I also have the audible. My recommendation is buy audible. Listen to it like while you're walking, you're exercising, driving to work. You need the hard copy. And here's why. So Dr. Kristen has in the book, like if we were we were touching on the supplements. But she's got these lists that you want to be able to go back and reference. You're not going to want to be able to find it on Audible, okay? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I couldn't imagine yeah, doing that on Audible either. Um, and I think this is, like, for sure, like, I've only read it uh, once, one and a half times, right? <laughs> I mean, I've made through the book once, and now I'm all. But the thing is, is that there's too many nuggets of information that you don't want to lose. And so you want to be able to 
um, remember, you want to be able to reference the book, right? And then, you know, the green tea. I mean, so my boyfriend, Andrew, he's like, yeah. okay, I have to order green tea now, right? You know, because of the anti- What's that? He likes the green tea now? Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. know not to like it. He just, you know, he, he, for him, it's like, oh, if it's going to help me, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah, that's it, it will protect his DNA. So we were talking about telomeres The you know, I wrote the book because I wanted to take the guesswork out of what to do. And this is the book that I would have wanted. If you want a manual, number one, that will help you with your weight loss. It's funny because there's a weight loss theme that sort of goes through it because when you take great care of your brain health or your health, as you've seen, the great side effect is weight loss, but it's also, these are the things that are effective. They've been effective in the clinical setting and we've published data in PubMed, peer-reviewed literature, you know. Can I read for- a couple chapters, not a couple chapters, excuse me, a couple of chapters. <laughs> a couple chapters. Okay, everybody. Oh yeah, it's a book, our book reading right. time. So let me read this because I think this is really important. Um, I'm just going to, I'm in uh, page 116 of Biohack Your Brain. There's a couple of uh, supplements that I really love. And I think that what Dr. Kristen does is she does a fantastic job at really explaining the importance. So we're going to talk about NL, um, NL- N-acetylcysteine. Yes. Um, so it's a supplemental form of the amino acid cysteine. So it's an amino acid, okay? Mm-hmm which helps the body manufacture proteins like collagen. Now collagen, we know we need for a healthy gut, okay? The body needs NAC to create the antioxidant glutathione, which helps neutralize free radicals. Free radicals are those nasty guys that are attacking your body. NAC also regulates the neurotransmitter glutamate, which helps send signals between neurons and is generally acknowledged by researchers as the most important neurotransmitter for healthy brain function. Mm-hmm. It's an amino acid. This is so an amino acid. Pop it. It's like a pill. It'll feel like Western, but you're actually doing Eastern. Sorry. <laughs> so. For those with a mild traumatic brain injury or early dementia, N-acetyl, uh, NAC significantly lowers levels of homocysteine, which when elevated, get this, can lead to cognitive damage, dysfunction, and Alzheimer's disease. By, by the way, their Alzheimer's is reversible. Um, the nutrient also binds to heavy metals. Think about that. We all are exposed daily to heavy metals like lead, mercury, and other pollutants that can accumulate in brain cells. Finally, and and, okay, I'm going to pause on that one. So it can accumulate in brain cells. So your brain is made up of how much fat? 60%. Where are are toxins stored? In fat. And how how much of the brain is fat? 60%. And where is they stored? I'm doing this for the audience, okay? Mm -hmm. It's it is NAC is a super antioxidant, and when it comes to antioxidants, your brain has this very dynamic balance between free radical 
generation and antioxidant support. And we generate free radicals just by breathing. Thank you. Exercising. Like it's just a normal part of our metabolic processes. But, you know, when we're exposed to all of these chemicals and pollutants, you're having these greater levels of free radicals, which um, damage cell membranes and can damage our DNA. So N-acetylcysteine is one of these amazing nutrients, amino acid, that helps to support uh, the production of glutathione that is the antioxidant that'll help bind, right, and, and neutralize free radical damage. And what does that mean? Um, healthier brain, beautiful skin, right? But it's like sometimes I'm appealing to the women here. It's like, okay, you can do your omega-3 fatty acids for great hair, skin, and nails, and you can do your N-acetylcysteine as this amazing antioxidant. Um, and, and it just, uh, that's a great supplement. I know you like it as well. Well, so there's another way you can use N-acetyl, by the way, uh, taught to me by another doctor. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of pain from the small fiber neuropathy. And I used yes. to no less than 600 to 900 milligrams of Advil. I don't know how often it is too often. I don't want to go there. But so I paired uh, turmeric with black pepper and N-acetyl. Mm-hmm. And it's like Advil. Takes my favorite. Because the, the turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory. So my two favorites, uh, the curcumin, uh, which is an extract from tur- turmeric root, or yes. the omega-3 fatty acids, you could do the two together as a great anti-inflammatory. Um, and for those of you who are athletes that are listening, or if you have any kind of joint pain, it's amazing. These anti-inflammatories will get rid of joint pain. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's extraordinary how these supplements have so much power in our body. But the great thing I tell people is they have a half-life of about four to six hours. So, you know, if you're afraid, you know, you can take it. It will clear your system. But the way to help it stay in your system, you've got to take supplements. I always say you've got to give it three months. So when we were doing our neuroimaging studies Um, testing the efficacy of supplements. If we wanted to see long-term changes in brain function, we would do a baseline and then test either the three-month period or six-month period. So you need to give it some time to make the kind of changes like the omega-3 fatty acids you're going to do consistently right over time. I mean, some people use supplements just as a you know, if you're feeling anxious, you can use GABA to calm calm you down, or you can use magnesium. Um, so you can use it acutely to help manage your mood, or you can use it for more long-term brain health, which is why I give sort of the different supplements and the tiers um, and how you can use them safely. Which page is that? Do you remember or... Oh, well, it's the whole chapter, right? So I give, uh, I give this in the starting lineup, I give six basic supplements that I think everybody uh, should be on. Pretty much everybody can oh, use. Yes. The beat complex, the all-star team, right? Yeah. The, the all-star team are for people who are more like Jody and I, who like to take your supplement game to the next level. So that's where you get the vitamin C each day, the B vitamins, which are critical to bringing down homocysteine levels. Homocysteine is that protein we were talking about that's elevated in people who have Alzheimer's and can increase the risk of Alzheimer's. So just by taking your B vitamins, um, that can help bring down those homocysteine levels. And that's in the evidence-based literature. So as 
uh, Western medicine is starting to embrace nutritional supplements, uh, the B vitamins, the omega-3s, and now vitamin D we've seen during COVID can help with respiratory function. It helps to boost your immune system. And at least for us in the field of uh, neuroscience and neurology, uh, low levels of vitamin D are associated with depression and Alzheimer's. So if you're if you're somebody that's coming to me and you are struggling with depression, I might say, let's make sure you're on a good, high-quality omega-3 fatty acid. And it could be a vegan source, right? So we could do it vegan or you can do it through fish and get you on vitamin D and a multivitamin. And let's see how you're doing, right? So you can use these nutraceuticals very effectively to help, um, just to help you manage mood issues and not have to go the medication route, which again, as you know, every medication you take has a list of side effects. I, there is no medication out there that is not going to have a side effect associated with it. So if you want to do a risk, uh, a cost benefit analysis, I, I, I used to always say risk, it's risk reward or cost benefit to doing a medication uh, versus a supplement. Let's do supplements first. Well, and um, there's a, a thing that I post often. It says um, pay now for whatever it is that you're needing to get supplements, proper care. or mm-hmm. care. Yeah, right. it's with supplements. So again, I was the director of nutrition nutraceuticals. So I did the nutraceutical consults for everybody that came into our clinic. So I was so used to working with people who had these complex psychiatric issues, were on multiple medications, and we would try to change their diet and lifestyle and bring the nutraceuticals in so we could bring down some of those medications. And I do think when working with supplements, if you don't know, you contact somebody like myself or Jody or a naturopath or functional medicine doctor, um, and we can guide you appropriately on what will work. Because, you know, you walk into the Whole Foods and you've got this, this array of brands. What do I take? How much do I take? What time do I take? Does it interact with my medications? There's a lot of questions that are um, asked. That's why when I wrote this book and I gave you the starting lineup, the starting lineup is really the basics. Pretty much anybody can do um, what's in those and not have to be concerned. And I do I do list um, for certain supplements if there are contraindications we want to be careful of. I make some notes of that in the book. Yeah, because it's like if you're on blood thinners and things like that. The, the blood thinners are the big thing. Or and, and in this book, I don't get into the nutraceuticals we can use for anxiety, depression. That'll probably be the next book because it's just, you know, I ran out of space. Um, I wanted this book to be more about brain health, brain fitness, protecting your brain from cognitive decline, dementia, what we did effectively with uh, people who have traumatic brain injuries, how to use these protocols to help support your weight loss goals, how to be mentally sharp and fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that um, there's so many, what I really loved about your book was that you really explained in what I felt was layman's terms. Mm-hmm the importance of each part of what you talked about, whether it be about curcumin or inacetyl mm-hmm. or ginkgo, which, you know, is my favorite. Um, I love it too. I'm, I'm a ginkgo everyday girl for mental clarity and circulation. I, my goal is to give the why. Like when I, when I used to teach these classes, 
Um, it was about inspiring people mm-hmm. to take something and give them the why. It wasn't uh, just take this. It's like, I want you to understand why you're taking it so you'll be inspired to stay on it. Um, I might be able to use brain imaging and show you that if you take X, it does Y to your brain. And I could do that through EEG. So I could do a baseline EEG, see what's going on in your brain, give you a supplement, and then show you it's doing a change. And a lot of times people would then go, oh, my God, I need to have this. It works. So I just, I've seen what works. <laughs> well, and that's just it. It's uh, yeah. It's like when you, when you see it work, you're like, oh, my God, you've got to do this. Well, and the, and the other thing is when you start using supplements and food as your medicine, as yeah. And I'm just going to bring this in. Is God intended? You know, he didn't make all this stuff just so we can do it. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, and there's a beauty to the elements of nature, right? And circling back to using the essential oils and the botanicals and the, the teas, the green teas that have these medicinal properties. They're very, they're affordable. They're accessible, Everything that I've talked about in the book is accessible. Clean water. How much is it to buy a water filter? Oh. Less than a hundred dollars. Well, like you could do for this for the refrigerator. I think it's like sixty bucks. Yeah. For the pitcher, it's seventy, and then for the tap, which lasts for nine months, you know, is one eighty nine, and then the replacement is ninety bucks. And then yeah, you- so it's if you're on a budget, just get a pitcher, right? So if you're on a budget, you get a pitcher and bam, you've got clean water. Yeah. And the shower filter is like, I think 80. So, I mean, depending on which one you get, but the point that if I could do all these things while being on disability and my income uh, and not earned income, right. Cause I was, it was an award. um, I think it was like $1,600 a month. And so that's nothing that is, the fact you were able to transform your health on $1,600 a month. I, I, your story is just extraordinary. It, it, and I know we didn't even really get into it because of time constraints. So people can go back and read about it. But the goal is, you know, people like Jody, people that I've worked with in the clinic, you can transform your entire health, your brain and your body um, in a very inexpensive way. And, you know, it can really change the whole trajectory of your life going forward, not only giving you more energy, mental clarity, feeling better, but just it it will set your life on a whole new course um, because you're going to be asking questions like Mm -hmm. I did. I wasn't asking questions. You'll start asking questions before you pop a pill. You know, a lot of people say, well, aren't you mad at your doctor? I'm like, no, I put the pill in my mouth. Me. Yeah. That's accountability. Well, we're trained to um, look up to our medical authorities. And I think it is it is smart. We are now in the Internet of Things, right? The age of the Internet where we can do our research. We can look up papers. We can learn more through podcasts like this. We can right. become educated and ask questions. And it is, it is the small changes practiced daily over time. And even if you just change one habit and go get a water pitcher, you know, uh, that can clean, clean your water, um, that's, and you just do that daily, that's going to help. They, they all, these little changes add up. You know, you buy organic, you try to get a few things at the farmer's market if you can, because those are living 
clean nutrients, right? Organic, organic pesticide, free non-GMO, you know. Well, and I want to, you know, we'll have to do this again because I really want to have you, I'm sure you've got a video somewhere showing the, the, the cells bursting when they get exposed to uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, it's funny. It's like, you know, this is 20, more than 20 years ago. It's like, geez, look at me. Uh, 20 years ago, I wish I was filming that in the lab. That would have been great. Well, find one. Watch me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you are. It's watching watching neurons grow in a dish. It's just so beautiful. I, I have such an appreciation for every cell, like single cells, single neurons. Again, it's. I mean, I'm I'm a neuroscientist. That's sort of a broad umbrella term for somebody who studies the brain. But I'm a neurobiologist. That was really my training. And um, you know, here we are. This magnificent you know, these magnificent beings with the trillions of cells in our body and just thinking if we become more aware of the things that we're doing to support the optimal health. And yeah, we can go out and have fun. Go, you know, have an organic wine, right? Every once in a while, like to- And I do, do have sources for that. I don't drink, but I do, yeah. I do help people source, but we are at the end, actually a little bit over our time, Okay. Um, but it has been such a pleasure to have you. Um, you're such a great light. Um, I, I'm in awe that you have taken brain health um, and actually made it sexy. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> love you brain, man, right? Because you love your brain, because you made brain health sexy. Because you had a great brain. Guess what? You got a great body. You do. It's all. It it goes. It goes hand in hand. And as I say in my book, and I know you know this, it's no brain left behind. Because even when my dad had Parkinson's, he was still he was doing the stuff that the football players were doing. Like, you know, wherever we are on this beautiful path in life we can still do things to support our health and our brain health and your brain. It, Hey, I've worked with people even who have various forms of dementia and we can still improve blood flow to the brain. Totally and help the brain. So let's, you know, let's give our brain some love. Let's bring the sexy back to the brain. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So so cool. Such a pleasure. Need me to make sure people know where to buy your book. It's on Amazon, right? The book yeah. is on Amazon and lots of local bookstores. So it's everywhere, uh, nationally and internationally. It's in German. It's actually published in several languages for those of you. It's in German. It will be in Polish, um, Chinese, and Russian. Well, and I also know that we'll be um, making this into a, uh, some shorter clips for Barrington High School. So. Yay! We have to give a shout out to Barrington High School. I can't wait to come back and visit and see Chuck. Yep. Um, and see yes, and, and see the whole crew, see all of my old teachers. It would be wonderful. Yeah, I uh, love my time there uh, so much. Of course, you know, I'm still on the board. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. We spent a lot of time there. I can't wait to go and see the changes. Yeah, it's pretty, it's really nice. It looks quite sophisticated. You know, it looks like you guys have done a lot to really um, 
you know, the, the football field. Haven't you done a whole bunch of things to help improve the field? Was it the baseball field that I just saw? Um, I don't think, you know, I don't know about the, I think the football field they did. Um, I was more interested in what they did. We brought in a, um, a huge screen um, to acknowledge the uh, alumni and the current students. So for alumni legends. So I was focused on that. Um, I actually have a brother who was uh, inducted last, uh, not last year, because nobody did anything. Uh, but in Your brother was inducted as a legend? Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. So, What's your, what, is this the brother that passed? Uh-uh. Uh, this is a, a current living brother. Current living brother who uh, was the official photographer for 9-11. He, he's, he's, he's beyond brilliant. Uh, he is amazingly creative, and he has a big heart, even though sometimes misdirected, because <laughs> he's a poor. <laughs> but he, he, you can say that because you're his sister. So, well, I mean, come on, what sibling isn't misdirected at some point in time? Um, and the thing is, I mean, as a 12 year old, he took the Kodak Award. I mean, the guy's got an eye; just he's just natural. So. That's amazing. Well, I'd love to see his work. Um, I'm going to run our ending commercial real quick. Okay. Okay. And then um, we'll circle back in a second. Okay. Let's see if this works. Love Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the female dash solution, Press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank. As we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions, that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao, in India, Namaste, in Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Nastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Asen Wasapen. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. 
in South Africa, Saobona, in Senegal, Nangadet, in Kenya, Jambo, in Israel, Shalom, in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. All right, let's close this off. I love that 